The interviews and discussions on this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. Hello, I'm your host, Peter Strachan. Welcome to this Stockhead Rock Yarn. After iron and steel, aluminium is the world's most used industrial metal. It's found in everything from building products, transport and equipment, electronics to cookware. Canyon Resources is aiming to be a bauxite producer in Cameroon, controlling a massive high-grade resource of this valuable raw material for aluminium production. To bring us up to date with the company's Minamartap project, we are joined by Managing Director of Canyon, Philip Gallagher. Welcome, Phil. Now, Phil, how long has Canyon been working on this project in Cameroon? Thanks very much, Peter. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, We've been working on securing the project in Cameroon since about the last five years ago, and we actually were granted the project three years ago in, in late 2018. Okay. So what are conditions like for foreign companies working in Cameroon? Cameroon is an interesting jurisdiction in that it's one of the very few countries on the African continent that hasn't actually had a a modern mine brought into production. So there's no current mining operations in the country. So whilst it has been challenging to to get the government approval to be granted the, the permit, once we were given it, it, it's been very easy to work. We've had we've completed all the work as required, and and actually found the the local communities really welcoming and really desiring the the project to come into production. Yeah, so it's a francophone jurisdiction, and all the rules and laws would have been basically drafted in Paris, I guess. Oh, it's interesting. It's actually bilingual. So officially, it's English and French. It has an English part of the country and a French part of the country. It's definitely predominantly francophone, and yet the laws are followed really follow the francophone rule of law. So, um, but that it's pretty clear the mining code is a modern mining code uh, in line with all the other West African countries. So it's um, it, it's it's been a good jurisdiction to work in. We've been very impressed actually with the quality of the local staff. The local universities are are pumping out geologists and mining engineers and we've been really impressed with with the standard of those those staff members. Yeah, that's good. So Canyon recently raised uh, $6 million through a placement. Where did this script go and how will Canyon apply those funds? Uh, the money went through um, mainly funds, you know, funds based in Australia and high net worth. So uh, that that was the bulk of it. And and our major shareholder, Peter Sue, uh participated to his level of the 10, 10% shareholding of the company. The objective yeah. now, the use of funds for the company is now to deliver the mining convention, be granted the mining licence, and then get into pre-construction. So we're now at the phase where we've pretty much completed the exploration phase of this project. Uh, we've defined a resource of a billion tonnes of very high-grade bauxite of over 50% aluminium, with very low silica, total silica of 2% or 2.5%. So it's a, a very, very high grade, quite, it's one of the highest grade deposits in the world. That, that only represents half the available bauxite on the project. So really, we have a couple of billion tonnes of bauxite there. Within that billion tonne res- resource, we have a half a billion tonne reserve. 
that is still over 50% in that 2 to 3% silica range, which is just exceptional. So um, the objective now is completing the mining convention, which um, upon my recent return from Cameroon, we now have a clear date, time frame, and process agreed with the government and then, then getting into construction and building the project. So, Phil, given the quality and the low impurities in the bauxite, does the Minim Martup bauxite attract a premium for that quality or is it just based on the aluminium uh, content, aluminium oxide content? Oh, no, Peter, it definitely will attract a premium. It, it's a unique bauxite, um, really the only other mine in the world that's, that will be producing bauxite within this range of you know, over 50% and in that 2 two to 3% silica range is the CBG mine in Guinea. And you know, that it's, it's unique. And as these mines, bauxite is very common, but high-grade bauxite has really only occurred of this very high-grade, very low silica is really only available in Guinea. And until, yeah. the, until our deposit being drilled out to the resource that it is, we're the only other deposit in the world of substantial size that can deliver that grade. And it's actually higher grade than anything that, that's currently being produced out of Guinea. Yeah. So what you've done a pre-feasibility study on it. And what's the estimated total capital cost for the project to start up? We're looking at around $130 million, uh, to start up. And that's, um, that's mainly on the construction you know, up at the mine site. The existing, we have allocated some funds to the existing railway, which has the capacity. And we're currently, in fact, when I was just in Cameroon last week, we were meeting with the Ministry of Transport. We currently have plans with them of how to jointly upgrade the rail line with the government taking on nearly all of that expenditure, given its government-owned infrastructure. And then we get down to the port, the port of Douala, where we um, will be exporting out, or putting it onto barges and exporting out to Cape class vessels. Yeah. So, will you have to own any of the uh, the carriages, or will that all be provided by the infrastructure developer, the owner, which is the government? Well, that that's our plan that we will provide them. Uh, whether we own them, Peter, we're currently dealing with rail providers now. Yeah, within the PFS, we modelled that we would be leasing them, and they would be that cost would be evolved into the opex. And we're currently dealing with different uh, rail manufacturers and suppliers now on how how we can structure that up. But certainly, there's there's options. The the rolling stock, you know, being the wagons and the engines are are available. The tra- the rail line is very suitable. We know we've got the capacity within the rail. And in fact, um, our recent em- uh, employee who we announced, Andre Henri who's joined us from working at Guinea Alumina Corp in Guinea. He's a rail expert and he's now working with the Ministry of Transport of how we can even optimise it further to extend the size of the trains and therefore increasing the capacity of the entire rail line quite substantially. So it's um, so we're, we're offering a solution really to the government because our tonnage will increase the profitability of their rail line and also make the rail operations safer for the passenger and the existing freight. Yeah. So, Philip, can you just update the listener on the what's required for mining and processing? Do you just sort of take the overburden off and dig it up? Do you, is there any screening or anything else required before you put it on the railway line? 
Yeah, Peter, it's bauxite, particularly this bauxite in Cameroon is really interesting. It sits on the top of plateaus. And if any of the listeners have a bit of spare time on their hands, if you look at Google Earth and Google the town of Minim, M-I-N-I-M, or Martap, which is spelt how it sounds, and you zoom in, you see the plateaus form up like we call it the brain effect. And the bauxite sits on the top of those plateaus and there's there's no overburden. So we essentially just scrape off the, the loose rubble off the top and then it's surface mining up and down so there's no drill and blast. We just surface mine off and the bauxite that we're mining that's crushed in the surface miner is the exported product. So it's, um, it's in situ, high grade, very simple in that sense. The surface miner, we either put it straight into the truck or it leaves it on the plateau, goes in the truck, down to the rail, on the rail and down to the port. Yeah, so it's very friable as it's mined and, and gets broken up by the mining process itself. Yeah, very quite friable, quite soft. Um, it, it's, um, there is quite a, a bit of a hard cap, but once you're through that near yeah, the bauxite, it's quite easy to move, it's quite light. It's certainly easier than, say, um, iron ore at the same. But the key thing is, there's no overburden, there's no organics, it's just surface mining straight off the top of the plateau. So, Phil, the current aluminium price is at a 10-year high of over 2,820 US dollars a tonne. Now, I know while bauxite has a somewhat independent supply-demand dynamic, is the current aluminium price now influencing the, the price of bauxite or is just bauxite just responding to its own supply-demand dynamics? It's a really interesting one, Peter. We're, we're watching it really closely. Um, the, the movement in the aluminium price obviously happened prior to the Guinea coup, and that seems to have accelerated things in the last few days. Um, the, the bauxite price had started moving up, particularly for the higher grade Guinea bauxite in, in a few weeks prior to that. But it, the bauxite price not being an official index, we follow it really on a, um, a case-by-case. We keep a very close eye on what's going on, particularly shipments into China. We're finding that since the coup, there has been a bit of a jump up in price, again, for the higher grade. But I think the real opportunity for our project is, as I mentioned earlier, our deposit in Cameroon is the only deposit of that very high-grade Guinea-style bauxite of any substance, of any scale, anywhere else in the world. And this coup highlights that um, that they need to find an alternate source of supply from Guinea. At the moment, Guinea is supplying some more than half of China's total bauxite usage. So more than half of China's bauxite imports are coming out of Guinea, and that is growing. So that's a huge risk out of one country. But so um, we, we're quite confident that there's a market for our bauxite, and in particular, too, that Guinea is now exporting bauxite in the oh, mid to high 40% range. Yeah, we'll be a step above that. And we can be exporting for 20 years bauxite that's 50% plus. And that, that's quite unique. And that's, and that's aluminium oxide is, is what you're talking about, 50%. Yeah, sorry, 50% yeah. AL203, aluminium oxide. Yeah. And then the key contaminant you want as low as possible is the silica dioxide. Yeah, indeed. So the pre-feasibility study assumed an initial free on board FOB price of $43.50 US a tonne with an average of 51 over the 20-year initial 20-year uh, project life. How does, do those numbers compare with the current bauxite pricing 
pre the the Guinea coup and even currently, you know, given the after coup effect. Although I understand ships are still coming in and out of Guinea anyway. Yeah, and a lot of the bauxite price stuff we hear is unofficial. Back to that point of there not being an official bauxite index as such, but look, we're hearing that um, some of the higher grade, so. Uh, some of the better grade stuff out of Guinea is achieving that price free on board now, um, and that's that's something that that's we're, we're keeping a very close eye on. We still believe, given that our project's a couple of years away from starting up, we're still very confident that those forecasts are going to be met. And in fact, the growth in bauxite price, excluding the coup, is in line with our expectations to get there. But certainly um, on the OPEX side, one of the great points of having um, Andre Henri, who's now living in Douala, and uh, Rick Smith working for us in Cameroon, both of those guys out of GAC, is that there's certainly been an opportunity to optimise um, some of the operational numbers. And, and I would expect that the B, when we get to the bankable feasibility study, which is underway now, that we'll see an improvement in those OPEX uh, prices based on optimising some of the operating models that Andre's been able to bring into it. Okay, and you're sort of confident that those $43 initial startup and maybe $51 a tonne uh, over the life of the project, that's still within the ballpark of what you're estimating? Yeah, absolutely. We do see that. And in particular, as our grade will maintain over that 50% aluminium oxide uh, and you know, maintaining the very low silica for decades, um, that, that's unique in the world. One of the big issues with the refining at the moment is this this focus on green aluminium and one of the, the most important input or the most important input that drives the the energy usage, the caustic soda usage and all the the, the energy requirements is the grade of your bauxite. You know, 50% aluminium goes in, then you're getting 50% of that product out the other side. Yeah. So the coup in uh, Guinea might... Uh put some focus on your project as a diversification for uh, the uh, customers. But do you think there'll be any lasting impact on uh, the pricing of the uh, and access to capital going forward for the project, that $130 million you'll need? Look, I, I think access to capital, um, so if I uh, answer your second question first, um, we've, we've recently signed an MOU with MCC and um, when I was just in Cameroon the other week, we had a representative from MCC International in country with me. Um, I think we've got a, a, a pretty clear pathway now of access to capital for the project development. Um, but in terms of a, an ongoing or lasting effect of the coup, I do think it will have an effect because this has highlighted again that Guinea is so dominant in global bauxite exports that having a country which which, to be blunt, is prone to coups. Um, the last two changes of government have been at the point of a gun. Uh, I think it is putting a focus on that that lack of diversification of supply, and we do see it as a benefit for our project. Um, my predictions, and particularly with Andre and Rick involved with the company, we're hearing that um, on the ground, um, you know, the mines are still operating, albeit at a, a slightly lower capacity. You know, given that the coup only occurred on Sunday, you know, we're now not even a week through. But um, you know, we're, I think to their credit, they're keeping the mines open, they're keeping things moving. Mining is such an important part of the Guinea economy that I, I hope for the country's sake and the people's sake that that continues on. Yeah. So your project, Minamatap, is that 
you're going to sell uh, free on board or CFR at your destination? Oh, that that's yet to be um, that's yet to be defined. Uh, we'll, we're working with potential off takers now. We're sending samples around the world. Our focus has been on delivering the mining convention and the mining license, which which we're well on track to do, and um, and then we'll look to sign those binding contracts. So you're looking at a diverse range of offtake um, partners, not necessarily uh, smelters or refineries in uh, China. Oh, look, I think, um, again, you know, we've signed an, an MOU with MCC. They're certainly yeah. interested in getting involved in the offtake. And I do see it's inevitable and, and not inevitable in a, a negative way at all, but it's inevitable that the bulk of it will, will probably end up in China. But we are also dealing with, um, with refiners in Europe, uh, and potentially the Middle East at the moment that are interested in the product ongoing. And for us to, to, to then sign binding contracts and really to take that step forward. We need to we need to show the mining convention, and that that's the next step in the project development, and we'll be getting that done in the coming months. So, Phil, you're saying that you think there's room to uh, reduce the the costs, and with your new acquisition on board, looking at transport costs and so forth. Uh, what do you think now? What's the, the the current vision for the cost of production free on board in the port of Douala? Well, Peter, it's a bit early now um, to be sort of predicting prices, but we're certainly co- oh, predicting the cost, I should say. But I think um, we can definitely expect it, it, it's going to be it's it's going to be reducing, and it's going to be um, looking more efficient in the operation uh, now that we've got real support from the rail operator and the, the Ministry of Transport. Really, as far as a mining project goes, the, the, the actual mining of this bauxite is so simple that um, it's not really a mining project. This is an yeah. infrastructure project based around the rail and yeah. Andre's involvement. Andre was responsible for implementing the multi-user agreement of the CBG rail line in Guinea with GAC and effectively what he did there um, is what he's, having, what he's implementing here in Cameroon and yet they took that rail line, I believe, from 6 million tonnes to 18 million tonnes. The rail line where we'll be transporting on last year did about 1.5 million tonnes of freight and we're looking to take that up with an additional 5 million tonnes plus allowing their 1.5 and, and then working that up to 10 million tonnes of bauxite. Which would reduce your costs. Absolutely. And Andre's presented a pathway to the ministry and um, they, they're they really positive about it and the rail operator as well. So, you know, we've, we've got a clear pathway of doing that and, um, you know, and it's great having someone with his experience there running that process and living there. So it's fair to say that in your pre-feasibility study you were looking at a cost of about $35 a tonne but you suspect that that can be whittled down over time as you uh, work on the, the cost structure. Absolutely, and that's very much our goal: is to focus on you know, reducing that opex. Um, that that's the part we can manage. You know, we can't manage the global bauxite price, even though we're very confident sure. that it is going up, and we've got such a high grade. What we can manage is that that opex in Cameroon, and and it's all about that rail. It's all about the the logistics. Um, the, as I said, the mining side is very easy. Okay, well, Philip, thanks for coming in to talk to Stockhead today about 
the uh, project. Uh, you seem to have your hands right around it and you've got the money there to get it through to all the final agreements and we'll be watching over the next six months to see how that all unfolds and how, how the project is going to ramp up over the next couple of years. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Peter. I really appreciate your time.